0: Welcome to Let's Talk Parish. Let's Talk Parish will be an opportunity to learn about some of the people that call the Cathedral of the Blessed Sacrament in Sacramento, California, home. My name is Chris, and I'll be your host for today's episode. Thanks for listening, and Let's get started. Hi, this is Chris and before we get started, I'd like to just acknowledge a couple of things. One is that I was using a piece of equipment that I hadn't used in a while. And at the beginning of the opening prayer, I turned the volume dial the wrong direction. So it does sound a bit strange. The other is that I miscalculated and thought this would air on the day after Christmas it's actually the day after New Year's, so um, I apologize for that oversight, and um, now let's get started for real. Good morning. I'm My name's Chris. I'm sitting here uh, in the rectory uh, at the Cathedral of the Blessed Sacrament with Deacon Omar and Janet Bardalis, and we're going to spend some time this morning chatting about mostly their lives, um, and... Uh, Today is December 6th, but you're listening to this on December 26th, which is the day after Christmas. And so hopefully we'll have a Christmas surprise before we're done talking today. <laughs> so welcome Deacon Omar and Janet. Thank you to our podcast. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, let's talk parish. All right. And, uh, uh let, let's start a little bit with just inter, uh, introducing yourselves and just a, just a little brief summary of. Of, of who you are. We'll start with Deacon. Oh, yes, thank you so much. I got the, the high sign from Deacon Omar that we begin with a word of prayer. And just to be honest, I am a little nervous. <laughs> um, that was an oversight on my part. So, Deacon, would you please? Surely. Thank you.
1: In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord God, for this uh, beautiful day of life, um, for this medium of Podcasting, which we're able to uh, disseminate not only our personal experiences, but also our journey in faith with the Lord Jesus Christ, which that should be our focus, our desire, always to serve Him in whatever way we can. So we ask for this blessing, for this podcast, for the parishioners that are listening to it, and obviously for. The church and the world, and we ask all this through your son's name, Christ Jesus. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.
0: Thank you, Deacon. You are. And now we can officially begin. <laughs> so we'll start with uh, with, with, with Deacon uh, Omar here. Just introduce yourself a little bit and
1: okay, get started. Um, well, um, I've been very fortunate to be a part of this parish. Um, Jen and I were talking, um, it's probably been since 1990. Oh, um, no kidding. Yes. Yeah. Um, actually, our younger daughter uh, came here for a CCD,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and um, she was uh, confirmed and received First Communion here uh, when she was, how old was she?
2: Probably, we probably waited so she probably 11.
1: Yeah, 11 mm-hmm. years old. And so we've been uh, a part of this parish, and we love it. Um, I, we've, we've been to other parishes, and when we first got here to Sacramento, which was 1987, we sort of hopped around uh, from different churches, and uh, we landed here. And we're very blessed to have been here For almost 30 years. And
0: well, we're blessed to have you here. (laughs) Thank you. Of course, you entered in before you came here before I did, but I feel (laughs) blessed to to have you here anyway. Thank you. Thank you so much. Um, Yeah. All right, Janet, it's your turn.
2: Um. Well, just a little personal info. So Omar and I uh, just celebrated in August 39 years of marriage. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. Um. We do have two grown daughters and currently we have five grandchildren. Um wow. possibility of our younger wanting to have another one, but you all don't
0: look Wait old to enough to have grandchildren. Thank, oh, you. thank you. You're welcome.
2: I won't tell you how old the oldest granddaughter is too, <laughs> let me tell you. So, um and again, we uh, met and were married um, in Los Angeles. Mm. But when we had our second daughter, it's kind of like you look around to LA and as much as we were both born there, and it's home and our families were there, I don't want to stay here and raise a child, Mm -hmm. so luckily Omar has a very mobile job, as did I at the time, so we sort of literally looked up and down the state and went, ah, Sacramento!
0: Sacramento! (laughs) Seriously,
2: cold, I mean, I kind of grew up in Northern California, but we ended up in Sacramento, and super, super glad we did. Just It just turned out to be amazing.
0: It's home. And it... it is your family here too? I mean your kids and everything. Are they
2: well, in Sacramento? Unfortunately, our younger daughter decided to go to college back in Los Angeles and never came home. Ah. Our older daughter is out in Roseville. in so Roseville. Not too bad. Yeah. Not okay. too bad. But Except um, our,
1: our granddaughters, um, one is at home with my, my daughter. The other one is still in college at Humboldt State. And the other one decided to move out of state, and now she's in Colorado. Colorado.
0: Colorado.
2: So we're starting spreading out a we're little bit. Kind ahead.
0: of spreading out a little bit. The <laughs> Bardollises so. are taking over the country.
2: <laughs> yeah, really. really.
0: So um, were you cradle Catholics, or did you come into the church as adults? What's the, what's the back story on your, on your journey of faith here? Well,
1: uh, I am a cradle Catholic, and uh, my parents actually... Um, After I was baptized, my grandmother, uh, my great-grandmother, took care of me. Um, We used to call her Mama, um, and she passed away at 98. But when I was little, when I was like three or four years old, um, I used to go into her room. She'd invite me into her room, and she had pictures of Christ and the Blessed Virgin Mary. And she had um, candles lit, and she had rosaries, and she used to talk to me about Christ and how He was the Savior of the world. Wow! And that was my first exposure to our Lord Jesus Christ. That's
0: pretty amazing.
1: It was very amazing. And I think back, um, you know, thinking about the memories I had with her. She's a very special woman. She's a very, in my, in my estimation, a very holy woman.
0: Mm-hmm. She probably so. is
1: saint. <laughs> <laughs> I like to think so.
0: Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. how many years did you spend with her?
1: Um, I think she took care of us probably for about um
0: two to three years. Two to three years. Two to three years. And, and how old were you?
1: I was probably uh four, five, six and partial,
0: partial. Okay, really early then. That's yes. very formative ages. Yes. Yeah. Well that's really cool. How about how about you, Janet?
2: Um, I was uh baptized and raised an Episcopalian. Were you
0: baptized as an infant? As an infant. infant.
2: Okay. I was baptized as an Episcopalian. And I think when Omar and I married, I don't think, well, he'd sort of fallen away. He didn't get to that part, but he'd sort of fallen away in college. Typical, you know, I'm a young guy. Sure. I'm going to do my thing. And so when we actually met, and I don't think faith was really at foremost, Mm -hmm. you know, now being older, looking back, it's like it's one of those things you kind of regret. It's like, Mm. oh my golly, all those years where we could have grown in this way, but instead we sort of did the grow our family, get married, find our careers. You know, It just sort of took precedence. So when we moved to Sacramento and as we were looking for a church, I think Omar was starting to feel those stirrings. So we ended up coming to Mass, and we ended up, you know, our girls were confirmed here in the Catholic Church. And I think I hung on to my... Episcopalian, it it was my family. It was the way I grew up. Mm -hmm. And then um, my mother got ill with leukemia and passed away. She she was only 68, 68, I think. So now looking back, she was rather young. So I held on to it. That was my tradition. That was what I wanted. And um, it didn't bother me. We came to Mass. Omar started to read. Our daughter was an altar server. I thought that was really beautiful. It would be the two of them up there and me just sitting in the pew. And then suddenly, (laughs) Holy Spirit goes, I'm going to get (laughs) you. So for our 25th wedding anniversary, without telling Omar, I said, "Ah, I'm going to join the Catholic Church. So make the phone call to Sister Jenny. And I don't know if everybody knows this. When Sister Jenny heard, oh, I want to enter the Catholic Church, she's got you signing on the dotted line before you take a breath.
0: You're off to the races. (laughs) You're Mm -hmm.
2: off to the races. So RCIA for me came into the Catholic Church in
0: 2008.
2: 2008. 2008. 2008, I was 2007. I know you were. You were right before me. How about that? You were the class before me. Oh yeah, my. I remember that. That's something. I remember you from RCI.
0: You know, I was uh, I was raised Episcopalian. Oh, were you? I was when I was, when I was little, that. and then was in junior high when we started church hopping because mm. we felt that our local church had drifted away from what yeah. we thought was important. So, um, yeah, so I have very fond right. memories of I was an altar boy and
2: I sang um, in the choir. Sang in the, the choir. It was right.
0: like there might have right. been eight of us. It was very small, yeah. and I had a boy soprano voice, and so. Well, that's cool. That's a connection we had we didn't know about. I didn't know
2: that. I I knew the RCIA part. And then, of course, at that point, um, we had been married outside of the church. So once I came in, then Father Ho convalidated our our marriage. So we were in full. How cool. And, again, it's one of those things where, you you know, you see that now you look back and you see those steps that led you to where we are now. Mm -hmm. He's now ordained a deacon, and you're kind of like, I didn't even recognize that it was happening at the time, but we were just constantly kind of moving forward, moving forward, bringing us, it's amazing, our faith brought our marriage so much closer. I mean, oh. it's it's even hard to describe sometimes. Yeah.
0: Well, you know, the, the path of life can only be seen backwards. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You can't see it in front of us. No. So we don't know. <laughs> You know, and then we look back and we go, I can see all the different steps, all the different pieces coming into play. Mm-hmm. But at the time, you know, we're sort of oblivious to it. We might have a sense. And at some point we make a decision, mm-hmm. which to me is always interesting for people who were b- baptized as infants, sort of grew up with the church, mm-hmm. having to then at some point make a conscious decision mm-hmm. that I'm going to commit myself to this life, to this faith right and it sounds like and we're gonna so i'm gonna ask you about it deacon um how did that so you had this influence from your your grandmother which was pretty profound it sounds like and yet there's a time in your life where you deviated from that Mm -hmm. what what can you talk about that a little bit
1: well i think um you know give me some thought to it and you know Going to um, Catholic school, mm-hmm. uh, uh, elementary school. Of course, you're um, in the fourth grade. You're asked to be an altar server because they want to have you serve from fourth grade up to eighth grade. So uh, you know we do the training mm-hmm. and, and for altar serving, and I and I, I did that. I was an altar server. Those were some tough mornings back then because um, this was in the mid '60s, and oh, I was wow. in Los Angeles. So we had Masses at 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, and 12 on Sundays. So I remember sometimes <laughs> getting wow. up at 5 o'clock in the morning to, to um, meet that 6 a.m. morning Mass demand. Wow. Because we were, we were rotated you know, as, sure. as the um, altar servers. But that was, as I look back, that was one of the best times of my life. Um, we had to learn Latin.
0: Um, now, this was pre-Vatican II?
1: This was... right during the time is, of transition. This is the time of Vatican II, and also this is the time when, I don't remember the archbishop's name in Los Angeles, uh, who uh, decided not to implement the changes of Vatican II hmm. in his diocese. Mm-hmm. And therefore, we were learning Latin. Um and we um basically all through up to eighth grade I was responding to the to the priest in Latin. In Latin. During How much during of that singing. do you remember? Very little. <laughs> I, I wasn't very good at, at Latin anyways. He used to say, You've got to improve your Latin. So.
0: Gotta improve your Latin.
1: <laughs> in, in your Latin. Um but that was some again, some great memories, some great times. Um, and then again, I went from there. Went to a Catholic high school, I went to Loyola High School in Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. And uh, back then, uh, this was uh, the early '70s. Priests were still teaching the classes. The Jesuits were still wow. teaching classes. So that was another um, lesson. Jesuit school. He went yes, to. yes. Uh, it's like Jesuit high school here. Mm-hmm. That's their sister school in Los Angeles. It's called Loyola High School. Okay. And um, the Jesuits uh, were phenomenal uh, as far as um, their spirituality, Ignatian spirituality, which I really love, which as a matter of fact, um, the Sacramento Diocese adopted for the diaconate program, so we do um, uh, continue that Ignatian spirituality here mm-hmm. in Sacramento. Um, so it's, it's, that was a good primer for me. Um, I had wonderful years, wonderful time at Loyola, all four years. And then we went to college, and Oops. that's where the divergence came.
0: Did you go to a like a secular university or? A-
1: yes, I did. I started off at UCLA. UCLA. Yes, yeah, fully secular, and um, distractions, worldly allurements, and I thought, well. God, it was nice to have God in my life, but now I'm on my own. I'm grown up now. I'm grown up. Now. Eighteen.
0: <laughs> I know. At eighteen, we think we're grown up. We <laughs> exactly. We got, it, we got it handled.
2: We got it covered. Yeah. Right.
0: right.
1: So um, I think at that point in time, again, as Jen mentioned, we were married outside of the church. Um, were
0: you married when you were in college? No. No. no.
1: Um, actually, um, I took a while to get through college. Oh, um, I took about nine years yeah. because I, I did not go to college for two years. I went to a college for one year at UCLA and I said, you know, this isn't for me. I'm going to go out and work. OK. And so I went to work for two years and then the light bulb went off and the Holy Spirit said, no, nope, you got to go back to school. And so I sort of said, OK, what am I going to do? what what kind of career am i going to have because i worked at the los angeles convention center hmm. as a parking uh, well not pendant parking cashier they call parking
0: it cashier. <laughs> <Park> <laughs> not cashier. a huge future in that no,
1: no. <laughs> um, because there was only one supervisor and one person manager and that was it so and there was there was probably um oh 15 to 20 uh parking cashiers Mm-hmm. And so I thought, okay, what am I going to study? And I was very fortunate. I went to Los Angeles Valley College in the Burbank. Is that a JC? That's a JC, uh, JC. JC. Junior college? Junior college. And I took uh, various different classes, sociology. I took um, mathematics, uh, science class, chemistry. And then I took an accounting class and the professor mr brown was very nice to me he actually um, realized that i had an aptitude for accounting and he actually came to talk to me and said you know you may have a future in this and i said well um what do you mean i mean what do you do with accounting exactly yeah and he said, well, there's something called, a certification called a certified public accountant. And I said, what's that? I've never heard of that before. And then he went on to explain it to me. And he, I said, wow, that may be something I may be interested in. And so for the next two and a half years, he sort of mentored me. Wow. Uh, within the accounting.
0: That's not, you know, yeah. I when I look back at my education, I went to a junior college also and mm-hmm. took a smattering of, you know, classes. Mm-hmm. To figure out what I was going to go for, mm-hmm. and I, you know, I think that's a great strategy for young people. Mm-hmm. Um, I always encourage like don't don't always think about you have to go to a four year institution right away and know what you want to do. Mm-hmm. It's like find out what you want to do mm-hmm. and then apply yourself. Right. right. Well, that's yeah. cool. So right. then, um, uh, at some point, you decided to make that a career.
1: Right. Correct. And. And then I transferred to Cal State Northridge, where I, I went to get my bachelor's degree. To finish degree. your degree. Yes. And I had met uh, Janet at that point in time.
0: Okay. I, it's a good transition point. We're going to go to Janet now. And then we'll bring everybody up to time, time speed, and then we'll move on a little right. bit. Um, what about yourself? So you grew up in the Episcopal Church. Were you
2: active in the Episcopal Church? Very. I mean, yeah, I thought we were very active in, in, in the church. Um, It meant a lot to me, but it's funny too. Um, I grew up in Marin. Okay. um, Which is just
0: north of San Francisco. North
2: of San Francisco. And um, at that time, um, (laughs) the UC school seemed a little um, crazy to me, I guess, in the sense so I decided to go out of state. So I ended up going to Oregon State University. Talk, you know, very conservative kind yes, of. That's the beavers.
0: Uh, the beavers. The beavers. Okay. Yes. yes, I have friends that have gone to Oregon State. Yes, mm-hmm.
2: the beavers, um, and I did. Which possibly again, you look back, and it was it was probably I wasn't ready. Oh. I wasn't ready to be that far away from home, so I only went for three years. At the last moment, I said, no, I'm I'm not going to do this. But the interesting part, on why I went up to Oregon State to just we went to a football game once. There was a Catholic church very near to where I was living and that was where I ended up going to church while I was at Oregon State. It was no like kidding. foreshadowing, you know. I, it felt very comfortable because when I went to Episcopal Church it was a rather high Episcopal Church. High, okay. So the Catholic Mass actually very, fit very me very, similar. Very, mm-hmm. very similar. But it was funny. It was kind of like, wait a minute, I was going to Catholic Mass before I ever met him. Mm-hmm. Anyway, one thing and another led to another. My parents ended up moving back to Los Angeles. I ended up living with them for a little while, and that was when Omar and I met. Mm. We we met in the disco. I know. Oh, a really? Disco. Disco yeah, there was the big. I mean, but what was so cute was I had a friend I was working with, and she convinced me. I wasn't a real big, let's go out on a date kind of thing. But she said, you got to come date. you got to, you know, come with me. This is going to be so much fun. Sure. And we got there there early. And it reminded me of the eighth grade dances with the boys on one side and and the the girls girls on the other. uh And I'm standing there going, what am I doing here? This is, oh my gosh, this is such a mistake. And of course, Mm. I'd driven and my friend took off. And I'm like, I'm now stuck here because she's going to want me to take her home. Next thing I know, Omar. Sorry, he's in a disco. He's in a three-piece suit. Now, who goes even back then? Who goes to a disco? Nobody. He was so cute. He was just so adorable, <laughs> and he asked me to dance. And that was forty-two years ago.
0: So, um, did, did you ever? Did you ever finish college?
2: No, I did not. You've never finished. I never finished. Um, one thing led to another and I ended up going, um, uh, I became a registered dental assistant. So I worked okay. in the dental field, specifically orthodontics for a really long time. And then when again we moved up to Sacramento and Omar got certified, he's a CPA. And at one point he decided, I'm going to open my own business. Mm. Brilliant idea, Omar. <laughs> so, um, Slowly but surely I worked a little bit for him, a little bit for him, and suddenly I was working for him full time. So I'm a certified bookkeeper and a registered tax preparer. Okay. That's and like, my boss is Omar.
0: That's like going to finishing in a sense. It, <laughs> it was. It, it was. Is. There's a lot of schooling and a lot of learning. Exactly. But now I'm curious about this whole disco this <laughs> discotech thing. So what what's your remembrance of that experience, deacon O'Mar?
1: Um well uh I remember I was there when it opened up. When the place <laughs> opened up, it opened up at 8. And you were there at 8. I was there at 8 p.m. Um Why did
0: you go there in the first place?
1: Um because I had been to a wedding on that day. I had I had escorted a young lady. Uh she was a um bridesmaid? Or No, she was the maid of honor. Maid
0: of honor. Maid of honor.
1: Yes. And uh, I was—that's why I was in the three-piece that's, suit.
0: Explains the suit, <laughs> you know, that's
1: it, right? And uh, I was after the wedding. I asked her if she'd like to um, go dancing, and she said no. And I said, "Well, you know, I think I'd like to go dancing." And, and that's why you I went. went by yourself. I went by myself. Be yes. And when I got there, of course, as Janet said, the guys were on the left and the girls <laughs> were on the right. <laughs> And uh, it just so happened that Janet had arrived, and I don't think she'd been there very long. Um, And I was on a, there was like a banister uh, that jutted out from the the bar area. And I looked to my left, and here is this um, pretty young girl um, wearing a red top and black pants. And I said, I think I'll ask her to dance. She may say no, but that's okay, you know. I said I'll take the chance. So I asked her dance. And that was ended up being the love of my life.
0: That's really cool. <laughs> wow, thanks for sharing that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's a story I have not heard before. <laughs> yeah. You know, I yeah. I I bet you that's a story a lot of people haven't heard before. Yeah. Right. You know, that's exactly. so that's pretty cool. Right.
2: Especially cuz yeah. at the time um he was obviously dating someone else. I was dating someone. else. Well, that wasn't else. obvious.
0: I mean Oh, no.
2: he, the girl at the wedding was actually his The girl that
0: didn't want to go dancing with you. <laughs> I know. You were dating.
2: Correct. Yes. Yeah. Well, well that's
0: uh, a signal, isn't it? Yeah.
1: yeah. Um, kind she, of a red
0: flag there. Right,
1: right. Right. So but, she she was uh she was a person that at my office and so she, we were friends we were friends first and I I think our relationship was relatively new. Mm. And therefore um, it wasn't a long term. I mean, I've maybe been dating her three months. It okay. Wasn't, it wasn't a long time. So, I took care of that. Yeah,
0: you took care of that. Huh?
2: <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, we spent the whole. We, we literally spent the whole evening together. Yeah. I mean, talking and yeah. dancing and. Yeah. And the cute thing was too is we both had brand new cars. We each just bought a brand new, and he had this Mazda GLC that he just adored. So he had to take me outside oh, to show me show his car. Show it to you,
0: absolutely.
2: <laughs> but it was, it was amazing. Again, God put both of us there at that moment. Mm-hmm. I mean, we've talked about that sometimes now. It's like, what if for chance I had told my friend, I'm not going to a disco, mm-hmm. I'm not going to do this, or he'd said to his friend, whatever. Okay, yeah, you're right. You're tired. It's been the wedding. And neither one of us had been there. But we weren't. We were there. At that moment, yeah, but just yeah. Yeah,
0: that's pretty you know, it's funny, um, I'm just gonna reflect back on my conversation with Michael Ognesty that is in episode two. And um we were talking about serving in the church. And he, he says the main thing is to show up. Mm. You know, and that's what you guys did at the discotheque. You showed up. <laughs> okay. So that's very cool. Thank
1: you. <laughs> that is a
0: very cool story. Um, and then how how many years did you guys date before you got married?
1: It was two two, two years. Two years before we got married. Yeah. Yeah. And then we were married um by a Presbyterian, Um,
2: something Methodist. He was a minister. He he
1: was a minister, yes. Mm -hmm. He was a Uh, Presbyterian minister.
2: uh, uh, Yeah, I think it was at a a
1: chapel in
2: Burbank, San Fernando
1: Valley, Burbank. Mm -hmm. And after we were married, um, my career um, graduated from college, Mm -hmm. and then I took my first job in the valley, San Fernando Valley again, with a firm there, and the firm uh, just happened to be they were. a firm of uh, Jewish partners. Okay. Right. And, and in, in the San Fernando Valley, um, I think, you know, we were exposed to uh, people who were uh, predominantly Jewish. Mm-hmm. Um, my firm at that time was Jewish, and Janet worked for. Um,
2: Dentists who were all Jewish. Yes. No kidding. Yes. yes. In and that we could not literally work on Yom Kippur. I mean, I'd say, well, I've got some. I was doing the office managing. I, I have some paperwork. No, 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 no. The office is closed. It's our business. It's, it's Yom, Yom Kippur. Kippur. It's a David atonement. It's a David right. atonement. We're not open. It's a
0: big deal. Right? Did that? Did did? that? Did, did, did? While you were working for them, did did Judaism ever appear attractive? Something that you would look into, or?
1: Um, I think. think about? I think what it did is pique my interest. It's like, okay, these people are really faithful. There there are uh, not only are Jewish in in name and ethnicity, but also in faith. In faith.
2: And the way faith. they live their life. And-
0: yes. Which is what's actually important. Exactly. Mm-hmm.
1: Right. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Um so I think that may have been maybe the seed that said, okay, I've got to look into this faith. I've got to look into what is beyond. Our day to day, because as as we Janet mentioned, we talked about moving outside of Los Angeles. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, we didn't want to bring up our children in a in a city I thought which is congested and overcrowded. Mm-hmm. Um, and we thought, you know the at back then the the air was a lot of smog, mm-hmm. uh, even though I'd grown up there and I loved Los Angeles, but I thought there was something a little bit better mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. outside of Los Angeles. And therefore, we looked around the state, and we decided. Um, actually, we looked at the Bay Area. Um, I went interview for in Oakland. Um, we looked at San Diego, but the most attractive was Sacramento.
0: Sacramento it was a
1: relatively smaller community. Um, back then, Sacramento I five was not as it is today. Sure, um,
0: um, it was probably when I five was built. Not too long ago, actually, I mean, right. It's it's relatively in 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 the age of freeways. It's right. relatively new, right? Correct.
1: And Elk Grove was not Elk Grove what it is yeah. today. No. Oh, um, goodness, no! So it was a much uh, calmer community, mm-hmm. and therefore we said, you know, this is be a nice place to bring up our children,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and so we decided to move up here to Sacramento, and at that point. I, I, you know, I was thinking to myself, you know, what do we need to to complete our, our lives? Um, what is it that I think is missing? And I talked with Janet, we talked about it, and we said, you know, we need to maybe bring our children up in some faith, in something.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, and we actually uh, decided to, as you say, church hop. Okay, sure. Um, we went to... Um, a uh, couple of uh Presbyterian churches, we went to Episcopalian, Episcopalian Church. Um we, then went, we, went, we went to one other. Yeah.
2: Yeah. yeah. But we and we and we did go to other parishes. Yeah. Catholic. Other Catholic yeah. parishes. Other Catholic parishes. Mm-hmm. And then for some that. reason yeah. we decided yeah. <laughs> to come to
1: the cathedral. To
0: the cathedral. Now were well, you yeah. living in Sacramento proper? Or were yeah. living in one of the suburbs?
1: Um, actually, uh, we lived... lived down in the, um, I guess it's called the Greenhaven pocket okay, area. Okay, sure.
0: Uh-huh. Uh, of the S- south Sac- part of Sacramento. Yes. Right, right.
1: So we uh, actually went to uh, St. Anthony's mm-hmm. um, a couple of times, but I don't know, something just didn't click there for some reason. Uh, and then we came here to the, Sa- to the uh, cathedral, and even though it was huge, it was big. Um at that time Father Brady was the pastor. Okay. And um he was very welcoming. He was very he was welcoming.
0: welcoming yeah, here.
1: yeah. Yeah. And so we decided to um you know, start coming here. We didn't come um every week. Mm-hmm. We started off, you know, maybe <laughs> took a once while. <laughs> a month.
0: No no point
2: in jumping into the gym. <laughs> exactly.
0: And
1: and then we started to come here every other week.
2: Right we were and, uh, trying to remember, someone asked Omar to read. We can't remember, who, you know, it's one this, of those was things. Was just out of the blue or kind of, there? I, I, I think We don't remember.
1: When we finally um, had our daughter start CCD, yes. mm-hmm. I think that, I don't know if it was um, Father mm-hmm. Brady or Michael Agnesty, who all of a sudden, out of the blue, yeah. said, would you like to read? Okay. Um, what do you have to do for that? Yeah. And he said, "Well, you just—I'll give you this book, and you practice the reading. And I'm going to ask you to, you know, come up and, and read during mass." And I'd, obviously, I've been to mass before. i so with the. knew electors. the routine. I knew the routine, um, so I said, "Okay, I'll try it. Sure. <laughs> what have I got to lose? Exactly. You know, if I didn't like it, i just stop.
2: Right.
0: Well." Um, Here we
2: are.
0: Yeah, um, <laughs> that started the whole.
2: That, that started did. the whole it thing. Definitely did. Yeah.
0: So, was there? Um, it sounds like your your re re-ent- your reentry into the Catholic faith was a progression. It yes, it was. Like Happened overnight. No, it, it did was not. Which is many people's experience, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, that's that's you know that's kind of cool in a way for. For some people, it's they make a conscious decision. Okay, now I need to get serious. Now this and that. Mm-hmm. But you kind of like went through the waiting pool and then, you know, the children's end, and then eventually getting deeper and deeper. Like, you know, which is uh, that's how God works with so many of us, mm-hmm. right? He, he God is patient, and you know, it's like okay, you're we're gonna, we're going to get there. Mm-hmm. We're gonna maybe take a little longer, mm-hmm. but we're going to get there. Right. You know, which is really cool and um with and at what point Janet did you now during the time after you were serious as an episcopalian right
1: mm-hmm.
0: was was there a period where you realized that you that you sort of left your faith behind a bit and um
2: I I definitely think so. Was Um,
0: it the college thing was the same? No, no.
2: um, I actually, I think it was going, being done with college and kind of coming back down to Los Angeles, just as Omar said, there's so much distraction Mm -hmm. when Mm -hmm. you're young and you're trying to figure out what the heck to do with your life. And faith just, you know, didn't fit kind of, and it's. Interesting, I thought about this for me and maybe for Omar. You know, we've been um, instructing engaged couples since 2010 now. We do the cathedral marriage preparation. And I'm always very, um, not impressed, but very proud of those couples that seem to have their faith together (laughs) at a young age. Mm. That's a beautiful, beautiful way to start their marriage, Mm -hmm. to see them have that. And I'd have to admit that Omar and I were a little later to the game. Mm-hmm. And as I said that, sometimes you look back and you're like, oh darn, I miss those opportunities. So when I see those young couples, that they're there, they're, they've got their faith together, I think it's beautiful mm-hmm. I and mean, it's wonderful and I'm, I'm very proud of them. Um, I think I recognized as we went through, and you know, years are passing and our kids are growing up and mm-hmm. I'm running around doing Girl Scouts and all the other stuff that we do. Um, I watched the change in Omar though, I I absolutely could see Omar changing. He was moving, I don't say he was moving away from me, but he was definitely moving closer to God. And I did feel a little bit behind the eight ball here. Was that
0: after the move to
2: Sacramento? Way after, yeah. He's reading, our younger daughter's become an altar server, and as I said, I'm sort of sitting in the pew by myself. Sure. And I could just um, see Omar kind of, he was moving faster than I was. Mm. I wasn't quite there yet. And I didn't feel pressured to catch up, but I did feel like it was important to figure out where I was going. And that was why that Holy Spirit, 25 years, okay, this is it. You've taken long enough, Janet. It's time to move on. Mm -hmm. And what's interesting too is that when I made that decision, I didn't tell him it was going to be a surprise, which I think it was. Mm -hmm. I said, Happy anniversary, I'm joining the Catholic Church. Wow. Um, But at the same time, we remember this very distinctly. I entered our CIA. We went to the Catholic store. And Omar basically said to them...
1: Yeah, this was was September of 2006. (laughs) He remembers this one. Um, And we went to the Catholic store. And I said, Do you have some book where I can sort of say some prayers on a daily basis and so they showed me um what was the first book they showed me i don't remember, I don't remember even the book the first book they showed me and she said well, we have this i said no i think i need something a little bit more substantial so she says well we have the christian prayer book i said what's that so she showed me the christian prayer book and we have learners of the hours
0: it's evening and morning prayer
1: correct but she said, the Liturgy of the Hours is $200. I said, whoa, that's kind of... Ex-
0: well, even Christian prayer is yeah. its an abbreviated yeah. it's Yes. It's got it's got morning prayer, yeah. evening yeah. prayer. And it's got some other goodies in it, too. Exactly.
1: And it's a good primer,
0: though, for... Exactly.
1: And that's what I end up getting.
0: And you, you get, get all four volumes? volumes and
1: Just the, the Christian prayer book. Oh, the it's Christian it's, prayer. There's one, one volume. Well, okay. Yeah, yeah it's one
0: volume. One yeah.
1: volume.
2: Right. Which and is now falling apart, practically.
1: Right. Um, which I have used... I um, like said, it's falling apart, but it's very near and dear to me. Absolutely. Because I think in praying the morning and evening prayers, that's what really started the journey and put it on a fast mode.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you got to watch out for prayer. Yeah.
1: That's right. <laughs> if, you're,
0: if, you're, if you're not serious, be careful. Exactly. <laughs> because exactly. prayer changes things. Right. Mm-hmm. A-
1: as a matter of fact, I used to say when I was in Deactive Formation, and one of the guys thought, laughed when I said, um, praying uh, the Liturgy of the Hours, um, I prayed myself in the diaconate.
0: Mm-hmm. And
2: he did. Yeah. yeah.
1: He
2: did. Yeah.
0: That's pretty yeah. cool. Yeah. 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 yeah.
1: But of course, it's the Holy Spirit who,
0: who chooses and calls. Ultimately, yeah. it is, but working with us, yes. right? I mean... That's the thing that God still honors our freedom of choice Mm -hmm. and free will.
2: Mm
0: -hmm. Um, Sometimes pushes us quite hard at times, Mm -hmm. but still relies on us to choose. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's just—do you guys pray the liturgy of the hours together?
1: Yes. Yes. Yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: It's um, at that point in time. I think I was I was praying the Christian prayer book with the Christian prayer book. And I think that Janet, again, was going through uh, RCIA. Mm -hmm. And I used to attend the classes with her because I thought, you know, um, it's been a long time since grammar school that I had heard a lot of the teachings of the church Mm -hmm. and wanted to get a refresher. Mm -hmm. I sort of knew most of them, but to get a refresher. And so I used to attend RCA classes with Janet just to to solidify Mm -hmm. what I knew. Mm -hmm. And um, I think God sort of said okay omar we put Jed on her path we've got to get you on yours on yours yes
0: yeah, yeah. i i remember um i had just uh the executive director where i worked mm-hmm. had gotten quite sick and i was visiting her in the hospital and she says i have a question for you and i'm like what she said would you be willing to be an interim executive director until i get better and i can get going and i said Sure, which meant a huge life change for me. And so I had arranged to have a weekend retreat at Our Lady of New Clairvaux up in Vina, California, north of Chico. And uh, I remember walking into the uh, common uh, cafeteria. They have a kitchen and an eating dining area. And lo and behold, who should I spy but you guys? And you were there. You had structured your own retreat Mm -hmm. as you were preparing for the diaconate. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And uh, that will always be a special time in my heart Mm -hmm. for me to get to know you guys in a more intimate Mm -hmm. way. Although we didn't spend a lot of time chatting. It was still we were there in spirit, locked in Mm -hmm. to something very deep. Yeah. So that was really, really cool. Mm -hmm. Um, And I know that your path to the diaconate, was not straightforward.
1: No, it was not.
0: Um, but God puts us through our paces, no? Yes. Yeah. But um, how has life, ch- has, or has life, changed much for you since ordination?
1: Um, I would say it's changed dramatically. Hmm. Um, God, in his infinite mercy and love and compassion has blessed me blessed us with experiences that have validated um my decision his decision mm. um I've been able to Jen and I have shared this um there was we used to go to Mercy Hospital Mercy General Hospital when they were when we were allowed to do that mm-hmm. and Janet had actually accompanied me cuz we were allowed to we were um Eucharistic ministers
0: or extraordinary ministers there. So you were okay. you were you were delivering the Holy Eucharist to correct patients in the hospital. Mm-hmm. Correct, and
1: when we walk into the room, and I tell them I'm a deacon, some people are willing to open up, mm-hmm. um, and I think. Some of the experiences that we shared, uh, there were some people that that's what they were looking for. Mm-hmm. They needed reassurance because they were frightened. Um, Sometimes they had to walk into an oncology ward, uh, people with cancer. Um, they knew that um, their life was going to be ending sooner, more abruptly than others. mm mm-hmm, mm mm-hmm. And there were tears. There were tears. Wow! But when you bring Christ to people, when Christ is there, um, people realize that that it is God mm-hmm. that is there, and it's not so much it's not me. It's the Holy Spirit working through me through sure. us, um, giving a reassurance, giving consolation. And I think that's one of the things that really has touched me and one of the things I really miss uh, about not being able to go back to mercy. People. Hospital.
0: You know, me. i I had um the opportunity more than once to bring the Eucharist to people. I was a convalescent, mm-hmm. it was an eschaton. Mm-hmm. And I just remember Christ's mandate to all of us in Matthew chapter twenty five. Mm-hmm. One of those is visiting the sick. And when I do that, I am very aware that I'm visiting Christ. Because he says, as to the least you've done, you've done unto me. So it's a blessing on in both ways. Correct.
1: Right? Absolutely.
0: What, um, is there a deacon's wife syndrome? Um, do you see yourself as, as, I mean, how do you, uh, uh, Janet, how do you see... Your role, uh, because I know that the wife of a deacon goes through a lot of training also, right? You guys go through it as a couple. As a couple, yes. Um, how has your life changed? Do you see the, the label of deacon's wife might have some connotations to it, which we don't need, but um, how has your life changed?
2: Um, I don't, oh, how do I put this? That's a tough one. I should have thought that one through. I always struggle with it um, a little bit. I definitely see myself as um, the support for Omar. Mm. In other words, things that maybe it's at home kind of the thing that I will do for him not necessarily that anybody will ever see, Mm -hmm. and that's kind of the way I see it. Mm -hmm. I'm still just me. I haven't changed, Mm -hmm. but the level of what I see as my role, the level I see as our married life has increased, if that makes sense. Um, I know I have, um, It may not sound right, but I'll try it. I have a lot of female friends who basically tell me, well, you, I did go through all of the training with Omar. You should be ordained too. You should, and and my, oh, all the, oh my goodness, all the time I should be a deaconess or whatever. And I'm like, whoa, 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 time out here. Yes, Christ is there for me, but my, the one that I'm trying to emulate, the one that I want to be, It's like the Blessed Virgin Mary. Mm -hmm. That's who I connect with on that level of service, of where I'm at in my life. I'm not trying to, you know, necessarily be Christ. Does Mm -hmm. that make sense? Mm -hmm. Omar serves as a deacon. I just, I'm still just his wife. I'll do anything you want me to do or need me to do or help out anywhere you want. But I'm sorry, my primary focus that's Omar, Omar's wife.
0: Yeah. You know, and that's very, you know, I, I like the fact that you brought the Virgin Mary into it because, you know, as Catholics, we, the Virgin Mary has a very special place in our faith. Um, and yet when you look at the Holy Scriptures, she's rarely mentioned. Right, And that's because that's the way it should be, that the Gospels are about Jesus. They're not mm-hmm. about Mary. Exactly. Um, and she took a big back. You know backstage role, and yet at the wedding of Cana, she played a very important role mm-hmm. um because of the relationship she had with her son mm-hmm. and and I think that that's a very healthy way to look at that mm-hmm. um it's it's pretty cool yeah, well, and,
1: good. and we also know though <clears throat> that the Virgin Mary was right there with Christ, she was walking with him um in the background,
0: mm-hmm. in the background, but,
1: but she was supporting him. She was there all the time, all the way in the upper room. She was there praying with the apostles, mm-hmm. um, waiting for Pentecost. She was
0: the first <clears throat> disciple of Correct. Christ. Absolutely,
2: yeah. absolutely. Yeah. So I figure, if I'm going to have a role model, that's what I'm. Yeah, gonna, you could have done know. worse, <laughs> right? I I don't I don't need the title. I don't want the title. Right. You know that that's Omar's role. Sure. My role is completely different, and I'll be honest. Some of the other wives in the in our deck, I think they struggled with that a little bit. Um, I hope they kind of found their balance somewhere in there. But yeah, no, I, I not And each
0: person's going to have to find their own way absolutely, through. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. You know, we uh, we're coming up on the end of uh, an hour. Okay. Um, wow. <laughs> I know. Is it amazing? I told you mm-hmm. it was gonna go by fast. I
2: come from a long line of big talkers. Well, I should have warned you. The minute I saw you talking
0: and you were using your hands, I'm like, okay, we're in for some fun here.
2: <laughs> now y'all
0: listen, listen here, you didn't know this, but Janet talks with her hands. Um uh, which is kind of fun. I, I like that. But you know, okay. when you are expressive like that, yes. um uh it's it's fun not just to listen but to watch you talk. Thank you. Um <laughs> However, and I know that there's just a ton of your lives that we haven't even explored, um, but what I'd like to do before we get any much further, because we're going to be closing soon, and um, you've had a little chance to sort of think about this, but is there today that people are listening to this is december twenty sixth day after Christmas? Um, is there a, a christmas Christmas that you remember? whether when you were growing up or as an adult, that stands out to you? Or what is it about Christmas that is, I mean, this is almost like a, this is a leading question in a sense. It's like, I shouldn't even have to ask this, but is special? I mean, we know we're celebrating the birth of Christ, right? Um, But is there something that makes it especially special? So either a memory a memory of some sort or what christmas means to you either one of you can go first
2: i'll i'll I'll, I'll talk <laughs> what a surprise um i was thinking of, uh, about christmas and um my father passed away now 2 2 years ago, two years ago. He lived to be 95. But he spent almost 20 years without my mother. Mm. They were married almost 50 when she passed away from leukemia. So uh, when I think of Christmas, it's kind of like there's this break because we spent a lot of years, my sister and myself and her daughter and I, going to be Christmas with my father. Hmm. had we not he would have been alone Mm -hmm. and sometimes it was a sacrifice sometimes Omar and I loaded up our kids and all the stuff all the presents all this stuff and kind of dragged them they wanted to stay home but as I tried to tell them my father would be alone.
0: Now, was he still in L.A.?
2: No, he was actually living in Monterey. He in reti- Monterey. When okay. he retired from Los Angeles working in L.A., he, he retired in Monterey. So it wasn't that far for us. But it was that sense of, it isn't just about... Christmas and and getting present even though they were children I think once they got there and they saw him and we did fun family things and we had our gift exchange and we had our you know your your traditions that you always have it was so important to be with him to be with your family that's what it's about to me I guess that's what I remember most about Christmas is however I mean we had when my mother was still living, we would still go to Monterey for Christmas. We'd leave L.A. the one year. I don't think we got to Monterey until, like, what? We had to work. What do we do? We did something. Christmas Eve was a party. We left. We don't think we got to Monterey until, like, 3 o'clock in the morning. Wow. But we did it. We We did did it. Because that's what it was about. Or the one Christmas we arrived arrived and my mother had made this plan to go to a play. And here I had a brand new baby, which I was now supposed to leave with some babysitter that I didn't even know. You know? But it was cause we were a family. And mm-hmm. that was what, that's what Christmas means to me, I think is, and that's why I know it sounds bad, but the pandemic's really hard.
0: Sure is.
2: Everybody I've <laughs> talked to, including Omar and I, we had Thanksgiving, Omar and I, and did a Zoom. With our family, you know, with our daughters and my sister, I guess Christmas is going to be the same, and that's that to me is hard. It is hard. It's very hard. I mean, we have
0: to acknowledge that it's hard. It
2: is, yeah, I think we do.
0: But at the same time,
2: it's what we do important. Exactly, exactly. I remember
0: that someone said it's it's more important to have a Zoom Thanksgiving than an ICU Christmas.
2: Oh, oh gosh, yeah, exactly. You know
0: what I mean? So exactly. Um, yeah, it's hard, and, and yeah. I mean acknowledge that yeah. it's hard. It's exactly. hard on all of us. You know, right. Is um, just one question on that. Mm-hmm. Um, is Christmas hard because you no longer can spend it with your father?
2: Yes, I think that's why I thought of it, and that's why it's like there was this break. There was this, and, and I almost felt like I lost my my direction or my mm-hmm. focus. And and it's like, well, what do I do? <laughs> you sure. know, I, I that yeah, definitely feels that way. Um, at the same time, as I told my younger daughter, who has the younger children, I'm not going to make you drag the children up to Sacramento from Los Angeles. That's okay. I, I I've done that. <laughs> you don't have to do that, sweetheart. <laughs> I can, I can see you after Christmas, or you know, so you right. can stay home because right. it is tough with little kids. It's yeah, it's it tough. is
0: tough. Little it kids is, yeah. change the game completely. They do.
2: They do change they do. the game. But anyway, that's kind well, of thank
0: you. Where, it,
2: where I'm. Thank you.
0: Going. Thank, thank you, you very know, much,
2: problem.
0: Deacon.
1: I think, well, there's so many... We've already spent, I think, 42 Christmases. or We will be 42 Christmases this year together. And those are all wonderful experiences. But I think, for me, um, I have to go back to my childhood. Hmm. Um, And it has to do with family again. Um, I think that my mother had two sisters, and... Um, The only time that I'd see basically my cousins was during Thanksgiving and Christmas. Hmm. Those were the two days that we got the whole family together. And I think that for me, those memories of going to my aunt's house and having the whole family together, the whole, um, I guess it's the Bardalis clan and all the, the different names that that everybody had at that point in time. Uh we had probably I would say 12 kids. Oh wow. And 12 kids in one house, even though it was a big house, we were running around. Um <laughs> we were rugrats and we were doing all kinds of things, playing all kinds of games. And I think that is a is a great memory to me because that again relates to family. Sure. It relates to being together. And Jen and I teach marriage preparation, mm-hmm. and we talk about the domestic church. And the domestic church is your home, mm-hmm. it's where your family lives. And Christ is there in your family, in your house, in your domestic church. And we have to remember that. We have to realize that, that yes, it's a beautiful, the cathedral is a beautiful building the church, we have many, St. Peter's is a beautiful building but even if it wasn't there anymore we still have the domestic church Mm -hmm. and God is right there with us Mm -hmm. he's walking our journey in our homes, which is where most of our lives take place
2: Yeah, and
0: it's important to remember that, it's easy to forget it is, really easy to forget Yeah,
2: you get caught up in Buying presents for this person, but you know, and Oh yeah,
0: it's so easy. It's so yes, easy. Yes. It's so, so easy. easy. Yeah. And uh you know, I I I'm almost embarrassed because I'm not sure if my memory is serving me properly, but I do believe that during the Christmas season, which Catholics celebrate after Christmas, mm-hmm. right? We don't mm-hmm. it's not Christmas season till Christmas Day. Right. Correct or at least yeah. until the vigil. <laughs> right. Um, but I do believe we celebrate the holy family during the season of Christmas, mm-hmm. is that correct? Correct. It is about family. Yes, it is. It is about family. Mm -hmm. You know, and that first family. Right. That family that gathered around in the manger Mm -hmm. or whatever it was. Mm -hmm. um, It's about family. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So it's important for us to recollect that. Right. Well that's cool. I thank you so much for sharing. You're welcome. This has been a wonderful time. I don't know, my nose is sort of running and I'm getting <laughs> kind of watery eyes. Oh, okay. My eyes are leaking and I don't understand why.
1: <laughs> allergies, huh? Could must be yeah. Allergies. allergies. Yeah.
0: Um uh yeah, this has been quite a blessing and oh, it was quite fun. Too. Thank you so much. Um and I and I like getting to know you better also. Oh, nice, and I nice. hope that the people who are listening um feel the same way.
2: I hope
0: so too. So in order but In order to carry on our tradition Mm -hmm. of closing, Mm -hmm. um, let's say the Our Father together. Surely. And Deacon, if you could start us.
1: Okay. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed
0: be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as and we forgive, forgive those who trespass, who trespass against us. Against us. And, and lead us not, not into temptation, temptation but, but
1: deliver, deliver us from evil. From evil. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, and Amen. the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.
0: Amen. Amen. All right, you all have a blessed day. Thank, thank you so much. And, uh, see you all again soon. This
1: yeah. was a nice experience. Yeah. Huh? Thank, thank you.
0: Thank you. <laughs> okay, bye-bye. Bye now. Bye. Let's Talk Parish is produced and directed by Rex Rolanka. Our associate producers are Titi Keela and Chris Jensen. The music is Path to Glory by Ihor Bitsinsky. Our host has been Chris Jensen. And a special thanks goes to the very Reverend Father Michael O'Reilly, Rector of the Cathedral of the Blessed Sacrament. If you wish to donate to the Cathedral of the Blessed Sacrament, a link will be provided in the episode notes. Or, you can go to the Cathedral website at www.cathedralsacramento.org. Thank you for listening. And until we meet again, may God be with us all.